podcast is brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log on today to bet on your favorite games like League of Legends, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, basically any esport you can come up with for the chance to win awesome prizes like the Logitech G633 headset that I'm using right now. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports, and welcome to yet another very special edition of the Rough Drafts Guest the Line podcast. It is week eight of the North American LCS, a very exciting week, to say the least. We are wrapping things up. We are getting to the storylines that are going to dictate the playoffs, which right now it seems like North America, it's very clear who's going to be there and who isn't. But we have three teams we'd love to talk about today. And of course, when I say we, I am referring to my co-host and writer for Slingshot Esports, Walter C80's Fedchuck. Walter, how you doing, man? I- I'm doing great. You want to know what makes me super, super excited? Earlier this morning, earlier today, I went for a walk. And it is so nice that I can walk around in shorts in March in New York. Thank you, Global Warming. I really appreciate that. That's really actually kind of awesome. It was 75 degrees yesterday. On March the 9th, to give you a timetable. See it upstate New York. You're saying this like late March, early April can't come back to, to haunt you now that you've oh, said I that everything it's is great. That, that's always the story in, in upstate New York is spring doesn't start until you have a snowstorm in April. So, Well, well you know what's going to really haunt you, Walter? Is the shadow of this Ever versus TSM game from the opening round of IEM Katowice. You said on the last podcast you didn't even want to watch it. Now you have watched it because we are talking about TSM as the first team this week. You had to see it. I'm assuming that you had a different reaction knowing what was coming, right? So, yeah. So, so I knew what was coming. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little anecdote here. I'm a Bills fan. And the Bills were part of the greatest comeback in NFL history. It was like 38 points. So I'd heard legends of this of this comeback being a Bills fan, being a young Bills fan. It's just this fantastic game. It's just so incredible. It's the greatest comeback in NFL history. Like, that title has such bravado to it. And my mother, for the longest time, had tried to find a, a physical copy of it for my dad, for Father's Day, for anniversary, for birthday, whatever. And randomly, I'm in a Walmart in, in, in Oswego, where I went to college. Randomly in the Walmart, sitting on, like, some random shelf, is a copy of this game on DVD. The full game, in its entirety, no cutaway for interviews, like the actual perfect game. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I bought it. I sat down. I, you know, I went, the next time I went home, I gave it to my dad for Father's Day, and I'm like, we're going to sit down, we're going to watch this. Mm-hmm. We sit down, and we're watching it. And I know that the Bills win, so I'm watching it. And I'm watching it. And they're getting killed in the first half. I'm like, okay, I know they win the game. So I'm, I'm expecting, you know, like two interceptions returned for touchdowns. Like, I'm expecting this crazy comeback. And it's like, the most mundane, methodical, like, Houston just keeps running the ball and just keeps, like, going, you know, three and out. And then Buffalo has, like, this very methodical, like, 12-play drive and, okay, touchdown. And it, it just was, it never lived up to the hype. And that's what happened with this TSM Ever game. And I'm sure that in the moment, everyone was probably going, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Oh, my God. And granted, there is nothing like it in League of Legends history. It's incredible that they lost that way. But it didn't live up to the hype. I, I was in shock that they lost it. And then the entire time, I'm going, how do they lose this game? How do they lose this game? How do they lose this game? And when it happened, I kind of went, huh. <laughs> well, I guess that's how you lose a game. I'm amazed that your reaction was only, huh. I guess that's how they lost. Because if I was a TSM fan, it would have been filled with many more expletives. Than oh, I'm sure used. in the moment. I'm sure in the moment, not knowing that the team was about to lose, I would have been off the walls, cussing. I probably would have put my fist through drywall. Like, I probably would have been bonkers. Yeah. But <laughs> and no, I blame no myself for that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I would have found out either way. Yeah, that's fair. But it, it is one of those things where knowing what happens does change the way you watch a game. It's like a joke is never as funny the second time you hear it. You know, yeah. it just is what it is. But... That game was a joke from TSM, let's be clear. 
And I have watched this game multiple times. I still find it funny. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to watch it. Um, I had my friend Kristen watch it, who I've mentioned before on this podcast. She said it is the greatest game she's ever watched, um, which tells you, you know, <laughs> if you're uh, if you're a bronze, oh. le- you know, bronze or lower level player, she's still kind of learning the game. She's like, oh my god, I have no idea. I'm like, yeah, that's true, but like for different reasons, you have no idea. Like it's just a different kind of understanding there, but. At the very least, it's kind of hard to come away from IEM Katowice feeling great if you're a TSM fan. So maybe let's get to the heart of what isn't working on this team. Why do you think they're struggling so much? Why are we seeing this team still failing to communicate effectively after seven weeks and an international tournament under their belt? So I'm going to say that... I don't. Th- I think this is now actually a good place. Like I, I've seen improvement on Team Solomon, and even mm-hmm. though they ended up losing uh, to yes. SKT, and we're and we're pretty resoundingly trounced by SKT. Got Faker, F- Faker's on the enemy team. Like I, whatever. I saw a lot of things that made me excited for the rest of the year, and really excited going into summer. I think they've finally sort of figured out how Yellow Star integrates with Double Lift and Sven Scare. I think they've gone away from these very weak utility lane picks for Bjergsen in the, in the main point, which allows Svenskeren to get in, to invade, to be aggressive, to play around mid lane. Their team's solo mid for a reason. He shouldn't be playing around top. He shouldn't be playing around AD carry. He should be playing around your actual star player, which is Bjergsen. You still have some stupid double lift decisions, which are the same mistakes that he's been making since season two, and you've just kind of grown, okay, you know. Yep, this double lift over aggression sometimes catches him catches you off guard, and he he sucks, and sometimes it uh, it gets you a pentakill. And I think now that they finally figured out sort of how all the pieces are supposed to fit together, now they can work on the macro play. Now they can work on actually creating game plans around these these interactions between these five you know all star star caliber players. And while it doesn't bode well for their spring chances, I think as long as they continue to build on it, it does look very good going into summer. Yeah, there are some mechanical things they're figuring out. I certainly think you saw them grow over the course of IEM Katowice. And I feel like Fnatic in the same way. Like I just feel yes. like the team got better as the tournament went on, which you know you could say for TSM, well, they started playing a lower level of competition. I don't think Origins looked great recently. I don't think ever is a good team in general, but still you have to, you beat the people in front of you. And there was some growth there, at least compared to what we saw in game one, but there are two very big problems. Number one, as Monte Cristo so eloquently put out on the, uh, on the panel there, they are a five man death ball, no matter what you drafted for them. That's just how they play. They just want to be all five of them in one place because they believe their five beats your five. And that's how they play. There's no, real map rotation. There's no, you know, once you get to the mid game and you have the ability to group up, that's all TSM wants to do. And if I see them throw away another perfect opportunity for a Haunter split push again, I'm going to lose it because he has had that opportunity. And the second thing, and this is what's concerning. And obviously, you know, Garena never should have leaked the conversations that TSM was having. They played it on their broadcast over there. That was a, error, I think, and I, I don't know exactly how that happened. Obviously, TSM was not very happy about it. I don't think it obviously affected the impact. It's ESL. It happened. Everything happens with ESL. But if you listen to those comms, I mean, Yellowstar literally throws out the idea of how he wants to approach the game, what composition, you know, how he wants to play certain compositions, and Bjergsen just shuts him down and is not at all interested and tells him how he wants to play the game, and that's the way we're going to play it. Because Bjergsen is the shot caller and no one else is telling him what to do. And it just leaves me with the question that I had back when I was talking to Stephen Nugent Wynn from Esports Heaven. Back when this was just speculation. But why did you import Yellowstar if Bjergsen's not going to listen to him? What was the point of that transaction? Why do we have... Four guys on here who theoretically can shot call if it's going to be one voice and that voice is Bjergsen and nothing else matters. I don't get it. Why did you build at, a at, team this way? At that point, it's so late in the in the the sort of the off season that who who are you going to get? I think a, a mechanical 
like a pure mechanical support player, like Bunny probably would have been better. And now that we're looking in hindsight, you're right. They well, didn't. You could have said we thought she needed the shot matter. caller. It doesn't. Like, was already signed to Rocket. No, not at the time he wasn't. Oh, it wasn't announced. That's right. He was still trying out. I mean, we thought they needed the shot calling element added to it, and Bjergsen just hasn't forfeited. We thought he was going to forfeit it, and and like you said, with those comms, it it seems like Bjergsen's still the the top banana. And again, you your team is called Team Solo Mid. You had Reg, you have Reginald as your your forefather, essentially, of what it's like to be a mid laner on that team. Like, of course, he's going to be this overbearing. I want to be in control. I want to call everything. I want to flash under towers with Kennen and then Zonias, and then you know draw all the attention to me. The problem is he doesn't do it in the same way that that Reginald did it back in the day, and I don't think it's very effective. And that's what we're seeing is that there, there's no efficiency to their shot calling. There's no overarching understanding of the macro game because there are so many different mindsets of how they want to play the game. I remember uh, one of the Mind Games Weldon episodes of TS Le- uh, Legends, I think it was when they beat CLG, and he's like praising like Haunters for like, oh, good job TPing in there. But like, what, what was your first, first instinct? He's like, I, I just wanted to keep killing him. Like, I wanted to keep just soloing Darshan, but I put that to the side and started grouping. And to me, I feel like every single one of those players has a different view of how they want to play the game. Yellow Star is very macro, shot calling, let's get vision, let's do rotational play, let's, you know, control objectives. Bjergsen is, you know, slightly variation of that. Double Lift is a slight variation of, I just want to dominate laning phase. Haunters is, I just want to keep killing my mid laner. And then who knows what Sven Skaren's thinking. But it does seem like they're still a very fractured team in terms of how they want to play the game. And Katowice showed some improvement and some cohesion of how they want to play the game. I just don't think it's finalized yet. I don't think they've perfected it. And that's yeah. what they have the rest of the spring and the offseason to do. And that's just it. I almost feel like Katowice hurts them to a certain extent, if only because that's time that they could have been in the house really ironing out all of these issues instead of having them exposed on an international stage. Which, I mean, even though they made it to the semifinals, I don't think TSM came away with most people feeling all that good about their performance. I mean, I, 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 I disagree with that. It's really? eight more games for them to practice and, and get cohesion in a competitive environment. So, I guess, so, you know, but solo queue and scrims don't match playing a competitive game. That's they true. just don't. And, and I, I guess that's, that's entirely fair, but this is not a team that is ready for that kind of environment. I, I don't know. I, to me, it's a matter of you have to f- get the basics down or throwing yourself out there isn't going to accomplish all that much. Because if you're not getting the basics, how are you going to build all of the next level things that you're supposed to be getting? Like, but, but what you need to fix comms are not games on a ultra competitive level. It's ironing out how the team needs to be working together on a day to day basis. That's what's going to fix that. You don't suddenly show up on game day and change the entire way you've been shot calling. Those are practices that have been instilled in them over months of play. And the fact that there isn't a guy on that TSM coaching staff that has sorted this stuff out yet, that's concerning to me. Because these patterns aren't going away anytime soon. And I guess I, that the key to me is going to be how do they make the changes they need to heading into summer where they can be the team that they need to be, where the right patterns are in place and they're able to make the most out of the opportunities given to them? Because I don't see that right now. Part, part of it might have to be putting double lift – or not double lift. I think double lift's probably been – very reasonable when you listen to him on like TSM Legends and yeah. and whatnot. I think he's been very reasonable, mm-hmm. and it sounds quite a bit like Bjergsen needs to get put in his place. Yes. You either need to say Bjergsen is Bjergsen's the captain now, and if you don't like what he's saying, here's the door, or you need a coach. You need Reggie to put Bjergsen in his place and say, no, it's a team. Your job is not to be the shot caller anymore. Your job is to body mid laners. Your job is to be an actual secondary carry, which he was able to accomplish some of at IEM Katowice. It was nice to actually see teams scared of Bjergsen, scared of his LeBlanc, scared of his Lissandra. Mm-hmm. I, I say this over and over again. I hate when they put him on Lulu's and Oriana's and Zillion's. And yeah, I get he can, he can impact the game in those ways. 
I understand it. We've seen it. It's cool. Whatever. I just don't think that's the proper use of his talents. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but as a TSM fan, yes, the, the, the day one loss, the game one loss to ever was concerning, and I'm sure in the moment was really disheartening, and oh, woe is us, we're totally screwed. Um, but I think over the course of the entire tournament, they needed that. They needed more LAN experience. They needed those extra eight games, I think, to discover some things. And I'm old school. Like, if you're in a shooting slump, you keep shooting. If you're in a hitting slump, you keep, you know, swinging. You go into your batting cage and you, you know, you take a thousand swings a day until you find, you know, you bat your way out of it. You hit your way out of it. You, you know, whatever. And more competitive games, I think, is good for TSM. That's fair. I, I don't ever mean to imply that more competitive games is bad necessarily. I just think it's suboptimal given where they are right now. That's I, I think that fair. you've got to look at just how do you fix this? Because right now, let's face it, they're a team that is beating the teams that are worse than them, which are Echo Fox, and they're losing the teams that are better than them, which is Team Liquid. And when you're going to a best of five in the playoffs, if you don't have any sort of macro understanding, and it's either we're just better players than the enemy team and can straight up win, or we lose in more and more concerning fashion. That's, I don't think that's where TSM wants to be heading into the playoffs. I think that's where they're going to be. I think they're out of the playoffs in the first round, but I think their organization needs to make some serious decisions before they go into summer. And speaking of teams that were worse than them back in Week 7, we look at Echo Fox. And Echo Fox was a team, people asked us to talk about them after... Week six, like, oh, look at this team's coming up. This is really exciting. They're tied with Liquid now for the sixth seed. Anything is possible. We decided to wait a week. And boy, do I feel like we should be really glad we waited a week because what a difference a week makes, huh? What happened? What, what really in your mind stood out as the biggest difference between week six and week seven? I think hard was less impactful. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like that in like weeks five and week six, when they had when they finally got like their whole roster together, Hard was very Im- impactful in terms of get- helping Frog in get some space in the mid lane. In terms of not necessarily ganking, but getting vision control, getting into the actual lane, and and the same thing with KFO. He really helped KFO just with a, a, a half a presence of just showing on wards, giving him some space to farm. It also helped that he was against weaker competition, in my opinion. Um, Lorlo is not a, a monster of a top laner, and, and neither is Fang. And then they had Renegades and Energy in, in Week 5. And I guess the, the Week 5 win against Energy was kind of the surprise one. And then Week 7, they come up against really, really good top laners, and really, really good mid laners. And I think the top lane is, is more the thing. Immortals, you kind of give them a wipe because I Honey is one of the best players in the West. Just outright can play anything, has a counter pick for everything, is just a phenomenal player. And against TSM, you're trying to go up against Haunters, who's shown that he is a very, very good one-on-one, 1v2, 2v2 style player. So... At the end of the day, Echo Fox seems like they're the past like three weeks they were a little one track in playing like get Frog and Corky, get get Keith Lucian and play around this two tank, three tank, and two eighty carry composition and, and they ran into two teams that are just very well prepared to play against that style. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I, I think that it's very clear that Echo Fox was trying to play around a particular comfortable style, which when you have a whole bunch of players who weren't there for most of the season, I do the exact same thing. I don't blame them for that at all. KFO wasn't here for v- because of visa issues. Froggen wasn't there because of visa issues. Of course, they're not going to want to try out a whole bunch of different things against the best players in North America at the very last second. I totally understand why they make these decisions. But what was worrying to me is just the kinds of compositions that teams picked against them. Because when you look at the way TSM played, they played the game as if they had absolutely no fear about anything Echo Fox could do. They let the Lucian Braum go to the very end because they're like, we know how to play it. You just gave us Callista and Alistar on red side because you were so terrified of 
not getting your Corky pick, that suddenly we have all of our bot lane advantage, and what are you going to do? Nothing, because you're Echo Fox, and we don't believe that Keith is going to come back to haunt us. You know, Immortals, what does Hooney do? He picks Pantheon. Pantheon is the pick you take when you are so convinced that you are going to snowball your lane that you don't have to even worry about it. And that's exactly what he did. He went 6-0-6. KFO never stood a chance. There was nothing they could do. And in both of those games, they lost by over 14,000 gold. These were not close games. There was never a point at which these games were close, which to me begs the question, Walter, is there a skill cap on this team? Um, I don't think there's a skill cap. I think there is a, they haven't had a ton of time together and there is a, uh, like a, a strategy cap. Like I can't fault them for only, you know, playing, they won four games. Like why fix what isn't broken? It's very similar to when the Wildcat was introduced by the Miami Dolphins. Like, it worked for, like, four weeks, and they just decided nobody's going to be able to stop it. And now the Wildcat is, like, you bring that up, it's like, oh, yeah, that was kind of, like, a cute, like, that's a cute pick you bring out every once in a while to try and try and catch a defense off guard. Everybody sees it coming, though. Uh, the thing with, like, the Corky is that I don't know why they prioritize it so much. Bjergsen hadn't played Corky until IEM Katowice, which when they said it on air, I had to go back and double check. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen Bjergsen on Corky. Like, that's weird. That seems like that's something he might have played. Doublelift had two games on Corky. Keith hasn't played any Corky. Like, I really don't understand that that pick ban, why they were so high on absolutely needing to have this Corky ban, when you can, you know... TSM is going to go for, you know, Callista if it's open. They're going to go for Alistar if it's open. Like, it just seems like they could have taken a different pick there and gotten the Corky at any point. I don't think TSM was ever going to get it. Right. Well, their coach is cop. I, I hate to simplify things sometimes, but sometimes you can look at a guy and say, if ever there was a coach that you could criticize for picking one style of play, and running it into the ground until it was useless, you would point to the guy who ran gravity last split. And that was Cop. Why, why are we surprised by this anymore? Like, if we're going to treat coaching as a valuable thing that we need to respect and appreciate and have whole segments about on our live broadcasts, <laughs> then we need to hold them accountable when they're not very good at what they do. Cop has proven time and again that this is how he thinks about the game. There is one optimal strategy. We are going to run it until it is beaten, and then we will find the next optimal strategy. He doesn't. Th- there's no sense of understanding the variables involved and why things need to be picked at what times and what counters really need to come through and anticipating what the counters are going to be before they come in. If he's been playing the same comp two weeks in a row... What, did he think TSM and Immortals were just going to sit back and go, huh, well, we have no idea what to do against this. Of course they were going to try something. Like, how are you unprepared for the obvious counters to what it is you're doing? I just, you know, fool me once, shame on me. And I, whatever. I don't even care about the <laughs> saying. I just, I, I, I'm not falling for it, cop. I, I don't believe in you. And I don't know why people should believe in this team. So I'll ask you, Walter, do you think this team is in relegation games? Or do you think they still have enough here to salvage it and get that seven spot? Oh, I think they get the seven spot. I think they're better than Dignitas. And they and they have another they have a game against Dignitas this week. They also play CLG this week, which isn't great. And then in week nine they play they play Cloud9 and they play Renegades, which unless Renegades make some crazy turnaround with the changes they made, which we'll discuss in a few minutes, they'll be one and two with this one game being the deciding match and, and Echo Fox really needs to win it because Dignitas is up one zero on them right now. So even though they're up a game, that's that's big because if they're if it's a tiebreaker scenario and Dignitas is two and zero on them. Dignitas wins and, and stays out of relegation. So I think I think this Dignitas game is very, very important this week for Echo Fox. There's still an, like a very outside chance that they make it into the playoffs if they can maybe pull off an upset against CLG or Cloud9. 
I, I doubt it unless they pulled out some other crazy way to play the game. Which, it's funny you're talking about cop that way because I'm pretty sure there's a mid laner here that's played like one style since season two. <laughs> I seem to remember in like season two, like hour long games of just like Anivia play. I think his, his name is like Crepo or something. You forget, it's an even year. Froggen's allowed to be good again. That's how this works. <laughs> It, it, it's year six of League of Legends. Ergo, Froggen is great, and you're not allowed to say otherwise. It's fine. I, I will say this. The one team that we didn't mention there is Impulse, who actually is tied with Echo Fox at 5-9 and nine right now. Impulse plays Cloud9, Immortals, Renegades, and TSM. So it's not out of play that Impulse could swipe them if Echo Fox falls flat. And then Echo Fox could be looking at the 9 seed. That's in play. If they lose I, the I, Dignitas. I don't think Impulse is getting out. I, th- I think it's a battle between... It's probably Echo Fox that stays in that 7th seed. Unless Team Liquid falls completely flat on their face. It's going to be interesting to see. It'll be curious to see what rises from the ashes. And speaking of rising from the ashes, we're going to talk about Renegades for like 5 minutes. Because there's nothing really to say about the team that existed before this, this roster switch. So energy, it's a loss. It's a pretty bad loss. They beat Dignitas in what is forever going to be known as the most clown fiesta game that has ever had a fiesta of clowns. Because we had four executions before First Blood happened. Which is pretty much the most amazing statistic that will ever be uttered in a professional League of Legends game. How does that happen? I I have no answer. Normally, normally when you see this in like the professional scene, that's where you in like any other sport you talk about like oh you know a college team can beat you know the last year the Kentucky Wildcats could beat the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I think in League of Legends that's actually appropriate. I think that sometimes the worst teams in the NALCS could be beaten by like you know teams in the amateur circuit, yeah. uh, which is why it's awesome that we have like a competitive like relegation promotion type tournament because you can prove those things um yeah I'm, I'm normally one to like be like oh come on find there's like good in like every game you can find something interesting strategy wise in like every game yeah first like eight minutes of that game even i'm sitting there going holy crap this is a clown fiesta yeah i hate this phrase but holy crap this is actually a clown fiesta this is actually it was embarrassing and those players should be embarrassed that that happened and I said, uh, I said, can we finally do away with the Broken Shard dying to Red Buff meme? I think yeah. even Broken Shard was like, I, I, I'm literally a meme for two years because of this shit, but then this happens? Like, please. That was absolutely horrendous, and you can just tell that it's kind of two teams that realize they're, they're seasoned, they're not making the playoffs, and they kind of just don't give a bleep. So you say that, but Renegades clearly care, because they made some big moves this weekend. And for the record, if you want to hear... The TDK side of it, I did a great interview with Bishu and Kez that is up on our channel now that you should totally go listen to. That breaks down both their careers and you know what they were able to see from why they made this move and what reasoning they had. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to Ninja wasn't available to play for them in the series that would decide whether or not they were going to head into the LCS. It clearly worked out for them. The question I have for you, Walter, is Will this move work out for Renegades? And can I just say congratulations to TDK and our friends of the podcast, yeah. Cortez and Bijou. Congratulations for qualifying. Shout uh, out to you guys. For the promotional tournament, and they'll take on Apex next weekend for who gets the one seed in the automatic bid into the double elimination portion of the promotion tournament. <sighs> yeah, I think that's kind of why they did it, and I think it'll be very interesting to see how Renegades now works. We we sort of saw them s- sort of figure out how to play with Seraph, who's a very high resource top laner, and Freeze, who is a very high resource AD carry. And it'll be interesting to see how Ninja fits into this, because Ninja's also kind of a high-resource mid laner. He has shown that he can play with like lower resources, but on the last TDK team, Last year, he really did take like a large portion of the resources once he got got to play. Him and him and Emperor kind of split who took the majority of the resources. So 
it'll be interesting to see how it happens. I don't think it saves them from anything, except maybe it'll keep them in the LCS uh, over some relegation teams. But man, oh man, like why? I'm so disappointed. I'm so sad. I really misread this team in the off season. Yeah, we both did, and I mean, visa issues didn't help. Not having Freeze there was a guy. He was a guy who we thought a lot of. Having Remy leave obviously didn't help. I think it was the best move for the team and her in the long run, but it didn't make things easier at that moment. And there were a lot of times they needed to bring subs in. You know, Seraph was brought in because neither RF Legendary or Flares turned out to be the top laner that they were hoping they would be. And now they're still left with one of the worst junglers in North America right now, who I have yet to see make a good play on just about anything. Uh, Ninja, who hasn't been playing competitively for a while now, just came off of this ban. We Really, it's a question mark of how he's going to react, whether he's still going to be the same guy. Seraph has been very up and down. He didn't have some great performances in the challenger scene. And Hakuo, I'm still up in the air about. It's hard for me to get excited about any of these moves. If only because we just saw TDK got rid of all these players that are supposed to infuse all this new exciting talent and then managed to look the best that they ever have. So either there's going to be a placebo effect and that's you know great for a while, or maybe these Renegades guys that they just picked up aren't all that amazing in and of themselves. And if that's true, Renegades might have just spent a lot of money to make this issue slightly less painful when it goes down the wrong way. I I don't know. I'm very unconvinced. If you had to guess, do you think this roster is good enough to stay in the LCS? Um, Well, there'll be three spots up for grabs. Right. Three spots, five teams. We know who the two challenger teams are going to be. It'll be Apex and, and TDK, and it's going to be Dignitas, Impulse, and Renegades. So I don't think this team is good enough. I think both both challenger rosters can make it in. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to is, yes, you get Ninja, but I don't think Alexich was the problem. Yes, you get Seraph, but he hasn't been particularly consistent either. And you still have Crumbs. You still have Hakuo. Yeah. You still have Freeze's corpse. He's trying. They, uh, it, it's, it's not even Freeze's corpse. Like, it's not like Freeze is playing terribly. It's, if anything, it's Crumbs's corpse. And that early well, aggression that they had in the first two weeks is completely gone. Crumbs is They're beyond not trying corpse. To make any let's plays. be clear. Yeah. I, if Monty is actually serious and, and Badawai is actually serious about having a really good team, they really need to look at the jungle position. They yeah. really need to make a change there, in my opinion. Like, desperately. I, I don't even know what they do. It's going to be tough to watch. But you know what's a lot more fun to watch, Walter? Highlight videos. It's like the opposite of Renegades. Maybe maybe someone can make a low-light video, just all the worst moments of Renegades to split, and put it all together as some sort of schadenfreude-tastic video. I'm, no, no, no. See, I want to see a highlight video because it's if you go back to week one... You remember the tower dives with the Callista combos in like the first two games of the season from Renegades? It would literally be a highlight video of Freeze throwing Ramilia into the enemy team like under towers. Like I want to see that Renegades highlight video. Somebody make it using Vibby. That's exactly. That's the good news. All of these can be made and made super easily because Vibby is such an easy platform to use. You just put in the time codes, take your VODs of your favorite uh, competitive games, or even just VODs of your favorite streamers. You can do things, just about any kind of video, actually. But the fun thing about esports is there are communities based around it. You can connect and interact with people who love making these videos just like you. Share them with your friends. Share them with your favorite team with by putting it on their page. I think Imperial's working on a page right now. It is a great site. Uh, we highly recommend it. Go to vibby.com today and make your account and start making awesome highlight videos because then we have awesome things to watch. And send them our way because we'd love to see them. But we are going to move on to the actual guessing the lines part of this guess the lines podcast and so far man 12 and 2 for me on the season 
But you, you say you've got a new strategy here. You're ready. You're ready to take me on this week. I'm, I'm ready. I think I read the tea leaves correctly. I upped my game. I upped my game, and I think that uh, there's very little money to be had this week. <laughs> That's fair, but you know what? There was a lot of money to be had last week if you guys listened to us <laughs> on the podcast. We went 2-1. and one. We had CLG plus 230 over Immortals. That's right. We picked it. We believed. We had Liquid plus 170 over TSM, and we had Echo Fox plus 170 over TSM. That was basically our hedge. We knew TSM was going to go 1-1. One and one. But that meant we went 2-1 and one last week. That means we're 14-7 and seven overall on the season, which means we have made you guys $969 of profit if you put $100 bets on everything we recommended in our smart money section. $969, Walter. That's right, man. That's right. We called CLG over Immortals. I feel great about that. Do you I know how many fantastic. skins? Do you know how many skins we could buy with $969? I can tell you it's not as many as I own, so that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. I was personally the to that paid question. for Riot's acquisition of Riot, of Radiant entertainment let well, me just tell you that much well thank you we appreciate that i'm looking for i'm glad <laughs> someone had to so we're gonna see if we can recreate that magic this week so let's start our week with game one according to lolesports.com renegades versus cloud nine one of these teams is an actually solid team one of them we've never seen play together as a five-man unit you decide where you want to put your money walter where do you think the line is well, problem is there's not going to be any money to be made on this game unless you think that Renegades magically like figures out how to play with two new players. So I went Cloud9 minus 667. Oh, you brilliant person, you. You got that correct. Hey! Pretty close, at least. I went minus 400. It's minus 714. I don't like this, you properly guessing high lines. Well... Be ready because I put a lot of highlights in this week. Okay. Well, maybe this. We'll see how the rest of this week goes then. In- intelligent highlights. I'll put it that way. Intelligent highlights. Fair enough. Immortals versus NRG. Immortals, obviously, they had their first loss. People were wondering when that was going to happen, but now they've gotten it out of the way. Feels like this is one of those weeks where Immortals has to reassert themselves at the top of the standings, right? Yeah, I I would I would say so. I mean, CLG's only has like three losses. Yeah. So you you got you got to be a little bit careful now. You you don't want to you don't want to give them too much of exci- you know, too much excitement. You're up two games. Um just player, you know, player stuff. Just I I think the the CLG game was just one of those games that CLG was going to win. That it was just going to it was the right time, right circumstances and you move on from there. Yeah. I think that's very fair. I think Immortals really wants this one. Where do you think the line is? I have the line Immortals 450. Ah, you barely get this. I said minus 400. It's minus 625. Not bad. Alltech is also playing for energy this week. Well, that's... He is back. I don't know whether I feel better or worse about that. You know, you uh, know what he is? He is the embodiment of Katy Perry's hot and cold from like way back in 2009. He's hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no. He's in and he's out. You are writing your your best pop song of 2016, 2015 article right now, aren't you? I absolutely am. It's almost done. It's almost ready to be released to the public. It's It's been one of those days. But I genuinely don't know if I want Alltech to be starting anymore for my team. Like if, if he had free agency right now, would you sign him? No. But I've always thought he was overrated. So yeah, but there's a difference between overrated and there was I like, don't want him on my team anymore. I was like, okay, I'm on the Alltech train, and then he like had one game where again he was on like the outside of a team fight and did nothing, and I was just like, I'm out, I'm done, I'm out. I gave him two weeks. Nope. Here's the thing, though. Like now, I, it's not even that I care about how good he is as a player. At this point, I feel like who he is as a player is irrelevant compared to the mental stuff he brings in. Why do you want that guy on your team? Why do you want that guy in your gaming house? Exactly. That I mean, I, I'm saying you can see that through his play. Like yeah. literally, just doing nothing during a team fight because you're skittish, you're not confident in yourself. Like that translates to mental. I don't think there's anything wrong with his mechanical play. I think it's his his head. I yeah. think he's got head problems. And that's the thing about a game like this. You can't once you've lost your confidence, you're gone. 
a uh, team that hasn't lost their confidence, Counter Logic Gaming, playing Liquid this week. It should be a close game. I obviously CLG doesn't really need to win any more games in particular in order to likely keep their spot. Cloud9 has a slightly easier schedule over the last two weeks, but they have the lead. I believe they have the tiebreaker. So I'm not going to say this is a must-win for CLG, but you got to imagine this is one they really want if we're supposed to take them seriously as a two-seed, right? I don't think they absolutely need to win this. I, I, I think the two and three seed at this point, it's whether you, you want to have that like extra best of five uh, worth of experience. You're probably going to be playing Liquid or Echo Fox in the... Oh, you're probably going to be playing Liquid at this point in, in the quarterfinals. Like, I, I don't think there's a huge difference between the two and the three seed here. Unless Immortals loses another couple games. And they're actually three games behind Immortals right now. They have four losses. Immortals only has one. Unless Immortals loses a bunch more games and you're challenging for number one, I, I think you're kind of settled in. Cloud9 or CLG is probably staring at you in the in the semifinals in that side of the bracket. So I, I don't think it really matters whether you're the two or the three seed at this point, unless you really want to avoid another best of five. Well, which I'll I think you, both teams could use. Yeah, and it's an extra week. The opening week happens in the LCS studios and the second week happens uh, in Las Vegas. Yes. I'll gladly take an extra week of practice. Thank you very much. I think that is worth fighting for. And I think it's something that, especially if you're CLG, this is a team that has thrived on creating their system and making little tweaks to it. If I'm CLG, I don't want to give away anything before the semifinals. I want, I want to save all of my best strats for Vegas and see if I can't catch somebody that, off guard. Best strats? You mean besides having Darshan control half of the map? Yes, I mean... I mean besides their one strategy... Yeah, but, just but which tweak? way will Darshan counter the map, man? <laughs> it's, there are different ways Darshan can do it. Hopefully hey, not on Vladimir. We saw, Hopefully we saw not Nasus, on Vladimir. We saw Nasus in Europe today, so... That did happen. It's in the cards. Mm. <laughs> Given the way that game ended, I'm not sure it's in the cards. What do you think the line is here? I have CLG minus 250. You get this one too. I don't know if I, how I feel about this. I said minus two twenty. It's minus two seventy eight. I'm not. I mean, I'm not used to you guessing higher than me. These are smart guesses, and it's concerning. I guess I just. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was the 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 only like five hours of sleep I got last night. I I don't know. I just sat down and I was just like, all right, I'm going higher than I usually would today. Hey man, you're on point. I, I'm <laughs> happy for out. you. I'm kind of curious to see what Liquid does here. I guess this is a game where if Liquid wants me to take them seriously as a playoff dark horse, they need to win this one. Yes, I think it's more important for Liquid to win this for potential, what do we think about them going into the playoffs? Couldn't this be a Piglet statement game? If he just styles over 6A? I think we need more of a a, a Lorlo or Phoenix statement game than we need a Piglet statement game. That's fair. I I just don't see those coming. Piglet's amazing. I I just think it needs to be Lorlo or, or Phoenix. That's fair. Let's move forward. TSM versus Impulse. An- another game that you know, TSM should probably just steamroll based on pure talent, but unless they have a cohesive idea together, maybe Impulse can surprise people? Where do you think the line is? Uh, TSM minus 500. Okay, I get this one. You went too high uh, there. I wanted the sweep. No, 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 you're not getting the sweep. Uh, I said minus 250. It's minus 333. Mm. So you're quite high on that one. Mm. I, I, I mean... I'm looking at Impulse, right? And I guess they beat NRG last week. Is that worth getting excited over? Do we care anymore if teams beat NRG? I kind of feel like NRG on a day-to-day basis. You can just do a coin flip on whether or not we're supposed yeah. to take them seriously. I, I don't think you need to read too much into it. They went to LOD. We don't know how much practice LOD had with the team necessarily. Well, we know LOD has had a lot of LCS practice. Not with this team, but with other teams. So Yeah. I got that going for him. I, I don't think that team was set up to succeed in terms of like their pay, like how they played that game. Yeah, like it, for them to make it as close as they did, like in the mid game, it required some really good Oriana ultimates, and impact was awful. I, Tom Kench is not a good top laner anymore, guys. Like you're like three we you're like three or four weeks behind the meta by picking a top lane Tom Kench, which man, their support staff is really letting me down. It's tough. I, you know, I've I've heard some things behind the scenes. 
I I don't know how much of it I want to blame on energy support staff, but at some point you have to look at how you built your team and there's some accountability there. And, you know, right now they're dealing with the ramifications of some decisions that are, that are haunting them for sure. Let's talk about Echo Fox versus Dignitas. Clearly this is the kind of high quality game that everyone would get excited about. If you had to pick one reason to watch this game, Walter, why should people tune in? You want to play a drinking game for the amount of times that players die to neutral objectives. See, the problem with that drinking game is it would be a lot of drinking up front and then no drinking at all. There's and always Baron the fights. Mark, then suddenly a lot of drinking again. There's always Baron fights. Just saying. I feel Just like this it. game does end up by whoever throws a Baron pick. I don't know Actually, whether it's because it gets stolen or because whoever gets it loses the team fight immediately after. I actually think it hinges on who wins the one one v one team one v one duel in mid lane between uh, Shifter and Froggen. There's going to be one one v one between the two of them, and whoever wins it and gets the kill, they win the game. It's quite possible. Where do you think the line is on this game? I have Echo Fox at minus 150. Okay, you get this one. I said minus 130. I don't know why we think highly of Echo Fox after last week. Uh, The casinos apparently still think very highly of Echo Fox. It's minus 263. Interesting. So that Dignitas plus 195 is looking pretty nice as a side bet. Or a smart money bet, I should say. Never forget the Chase Wass and our corollary. If two teams are bad and one team has significantly better odds, side with the team with the better odds. Yes, but Keith and Big are more aggressive and will take advantage of a weak Apollo. That's the that's the other So your so your argument from strength is don't worry, Keith and Big got this. Just to be uh, clear. Yes. We're going to have to agree to disagree on, on how confident we are in Keith and Big's ability to carry a game. I'm pretty confident in Keith. I'm not going to lie. He's been pretty good this year. He's okay. He's fine. I'm, I'm still not convinced on him. But I'm not convinced on Apollo either, let's be clear. Let's move on to day two. You're ahead of me 4-1 to one right now. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm very close to losing the week right off the bat. Yeah. Cloud9 versus Impulse. This is a... Cloud Nine statement game waiting to happen. You got to imagine, right? <laughs> How badly can they beat Impulse? Are, yeah. are we looking at like another like eighteen minute perfect game? Well, this is the thing, right? Like against Renegades, we kind of expect Cloud Nine to stomp, but this is Cloud Nine's ability to get a lot of momentum heading into Week Nine, which will be big for them if they're trying to aim for that two seed, which I, I value pretty highly here. And if they're gonna do it. You got to stomp a team like Impulse. You've just got to come out there and say, "Yeah, we're a real threat for the two seed. We're not barely getting by a team that can look competent from time to time. We've got to stomp this." I think that's the mentality you have to have if you're if you're Cloud Nine right now. Do you, am I am I going too far with it? Do you think that Cloud Nine I, can just can just wrap this up and maybe they I try not to show something? I, I don't think it's not showing something. I think it's just further cementing to Rush how they're going to play. How yeah. we're going to do things. Listen to high. This is what we want to do. Just keep ingraining that into his head. Because I still think that in these four games, there's a chance you have one of those disconnected rush games. Mm-hmm. Where he, he goes and does his own thing. And maybe they don't lose, but it'll be like ab- absurdly close for no good reason. I don't think it happens with TIP. But I think that is their goal. It's not hiding anything. It's not you know just getting in the playoffs. They're pretty much locked in. It's... Keep drilling into Rush's head. You're a meme lord off the field, but on the field, this is how we do things. That's fair. I can agree with that. Where do you think the line is? Cloud9 minus 667. Oh, thank God you went too high. So I said minus 300. It is minus 385. That's disrespectful. I'm not... I don't That's disagree. entirely disrespectful. I don't disagree. I, I think that Impulse is getting some credit because they did win against NRG last week, even if they don't deserve credit for that. I think Cloud9, the loss against CLG, not that it's a bad loss by any means, but 
I, I don't know, man. I don't know how else you explain it. Super disrespectful. Impulse Super isn't a good team. I, I don't nope. I don't know why this is as low as it was. I don't know. I, I, I knew it was gonna be lower than it should be. I'm amazed that it's this low. Guessed correctly that that was going to be the pattern. Doesn't mean I agree with it. Uh, you automatically get this next one unless you make the same mistake I did, which is I favored the wrong team here. NRG versus Liquid. Now I'm scared. Well, no, because just remember that I'm an idiot sometimes when it comes to these things, and we'll see how it goes. But if you had to pick this game, because it does feel like it's a, it's largely a toss-up in a lot of ways. You know, which version of Liquid shows up? Which version of NRG shows up? What do you think is going to be the difference maker? Oh, man. Uh, Darduck's the difference maker. Yeah. I think this entirely comes down to how how much can Darduck abuse Moon? And with all that abuse, does it get Phoenix and Lorlo far enough ahead that higher skilled players don't matter? GBM's already shown that, like, despite the fact that laning wise he's not amazing, he could be, you know, he could die three times in lane or whatever. He could still make an impact on on a game. Um, but I, I think Dardock is very clearly the one super huge plus that Team Liquid has, and and can flex their muscles in that way. And I think Piglet is just going to abuse Alltech. So, well, that's just it. I I say the difference maker here is going to be whether Alltech can hold his own or not. This is what it comes down to. If, if Altec just gets blown out here, I'm not sure he's still playing in the LCS come summer. I think that's in play. Mm. He just doesn't seem like a guy that wants to play right now. Okay. And either he has the fight to go up against... to play a game that his team desperately needs to win, because the difference between being the 5 seed and the 6 seed is huge. I mean, that's the difference between playing... Cloud9 and CLG, or TSM right now. That's a massive difference in a best of five. Yeah. So they need this one, and he either shows up or he doesn't. Where do you think the line is? Energy minus 150. Okay, we both got it the exact same way wrong. Like, I literally, I also said NRG minus 150. It is liquid minus 137. Okay. Which I don't disagree with. Like, now that I see the line, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But at the same time, if it said NRG minus 137, I'd also say, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like you could put any line within Liquid minus 200. Liquid did go 2-0 and o last week. That's, yeah. Liquid yeah, went but they went 0-2 oh, the week before. Like, we know this about Liquid. They show up or they're just completely stranded. Like, at least with NRG, I know what I'm getting. I get GBM. I get Impact. I, you know. Energy needs to desperately win this game for the tiebreaker, too. Yeah. TL is up 1-0 on them. This is an energy has to throw everything at it. Yeah. Energy has to win this game. Ha- has to, has to, has to. I'm yeah. Just, I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. I'm not confident in that. I, I'm looking at energy plus 105, and I'm, I'm not feeling it in the slightest. Uh, it kind of has to be, right? Like, do you really want to have money on this game either way? Depends on some of the other odds. We'll figure it out. Uh, TSM versus Renegades. TSM minus 600. You get this one. I end with this the week, so congratulations. Yes! I don't know what I was thinking here. I, I think this is one of those that I, I brain farted on. <laughs> I said minus 300 for TSM. Which was hugely disrespectful. Okay. In retrospect. Uh, It is minus 625. I screwed up. I admit to this. (laughs) I don't think it's that insane, though. Honestly. I don't think that TSM showed me that they should be minus 600 favorites over anybody right now. Because I don't believe they Uh, they don't have the team synergy to pull it off one-on-one. So you think that Renegades deserve to have equal odds to TIP? To what? For what TSM had against TIP? Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense to me. Except I would have had the TIP line lower than that. I guess minus 250 on that. Yeah, that's exactly where I would put it. Why is TSM minus 400 plus favorite over anybody in a best of one situation? When we saw what they could do in a best of one against Ever. I don't get it. Like, what's? why would we do this? 
Until TSM proves that they know who they are week in and week out, why should we do this? Now that said, it doesn't mean I'm taking Renegades plus 390 here. I'm not a crazy person. I just, I mean, look, I'll put it this way. Cloud9 was minus 714 over Renegades. Plus 425 for, for Renegades there. It's only a 35-point difference on the Renegade side of things. It skews mm-hmm. more exponentially with the minuses. But the pluses, it's not really all that different. And I don't eh. think TSM is close to being as good as, sealed, as Cloud9 is right now. I mean, that's fair. So, that, so that maybe that's why I come down as strongly as I do. Let's move that's on. Th- this one's really easy. Dignitas versus Immortals. How high does the line go, Walter? I, I went Immortals 667. Okay, you get this one. I said minus 600. It is minus 2,500. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Dignitas plus 850. Still wouldn't touch it. Still wouldn't touch it. Oh, okay. poor, poor That's Dig. That's worth five bucks. Is it? it worth five <laughs> are bucks? Sure? Immortals is not Dude, Stranger things have happened. Immortals is not dropping a game to Dig and Toss now that they've already gotten their first loss. They're, they're on a rampage this week. I'd be willing to bet. Right, but $5 when you're up 900 you know, it's worth five bucks. <laughs> That's fair. Last game of the week, Echo Fox versus Counterlogic Gaming. Again, this is one of those where if CLG wants to make their lives a lot easier, they just need to take this one home. Echo Fox, in the meantime. This Dignitas game obviously means a lot for them, but any win they could sneak otherwise is huge. Do you think Echo Fox has the ability to keep up with what CLG is likely to throw at them? No. No, I, I, I really don't. Um, for, for Echo Fox to win this, they would have to play kind of like how Team Liquid played against CLG early in the season, where it's a, a constant camp of Darshan until... Uh, it was Lorlo at that time, but until KFO can can pretty much render him null and void, you're going to also assume that Big and Keith can outplay Stixay and Aframu, which I think CLG wins that, not because of Stixay, but because Aframu has literally been a god. Especially last week, he was absolutely phenomenal. And I think Hui is good enough that he can he cannot get absolutely crushed by Froggen. I don't think Froggen can do enough to like just absolutely roll over Hui and get such an advantage in the mid lane. So, uh, nah, I, I think Echo Fox is pretty boned here. It would be very tough for them to, to somehow pull this off. Where do you think the line is? Uh, CLG minus 500. Okay, I get this one. I said minus 400. It is astonishingly low. It's minus 286. That's disrespectful. Most baffling line of the week to me. I don't understand why that line is so low. It just doesn't make any sense to me. What, what, what have we seen from Echo Fox? Let's do our smart money bets real quick. This is going to be a tough one to find value for. But we'll have to find a way. Could I convince you Liquid plus 200 versus CLG? Which one, do you, which one would you rather have, Liquid or Echo Fox? Over to CLG? Which is more likely? Uh, Liquid? Okay, Liquid's a much better team than Echo Fox. And by the way, this is the most insulting part of this. Echo Fox plus 210, Liquid plus 200. Literally a 10-point difference between those two lines, as if Liquid is only 10 points better than Echo Fox. I don't know. I'll take the the Liquid line there. Yeah, no, that's Uh, that's fair. I I don't want to bet on both of those games. I don't want to hedge on on those two. No, that's entirely reasonable. So if we're going to take Liquid over CLG, what else do we take? Dignitas over Echo Fox? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's my corollary right there. When in doubt, take the sh- team over the other crappy team. Because one of them's going to win, and you might as well get odds for it. What about the last one? Where do we go? <laughs> um, I don't like most of these. I mean, I know what I would say, which would be Impulse plus 240 over TSM, but I think a lot less highly about TSM's performance at IEM than you do. Yeah, I there, there aren't any really good odds anywhere here. Um, I think we have to. 
I don't know what else. Like, what else is even worth betting on? They're Nothing, all either blowouts or that. If, honestly, if we're gonna do such a crapshoot, I'd rather crapshoot Fox over CLG. And well, that's our hedge, right? We say that CLG I'd, goes I'd, one and one. I'd this almost week. rather hedge it. Yeah, if you're if you're telling Fine. me it's either hedge on CLG going one and one or TSM losing to Tip, I think the hedge is more likely. Fine, we'll hedge on CLG going one I, and I one. I mean, we could go Dignitas. I said it was worth five bucks to put on Dignitas. So no, that I'm not doing. I have some dignity. <laughs> Liquid plus uh, two hundred over CLG. Echo Fox plus two ten over CLG. Dignitas plus one ninety five over Echo Fox. And length of the podcast plus. 150 on the over for over an hour, which I believe we've just done. Uh, those are smart money bets. You should always bet the over on the length of this podcast. We do our best. We really do try to keep it down. But, you know, when we have such great content to give to the people, we got to give them what they want. Hopefully, you guys liked this podcast. If you do, you should let us know. Go subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or search for rough drafts on the podcast part of iTunes. You can write us a review, give us a nice little rating. It does a whole bunch for us in terms of being visible and everything, and we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, of course, to our sponsors, both Unicorn and Vibby. Uh, we appreciate their support at all times. It's really great to help the show out. Uh, other things that help the show out, if you follow us on Twitter, I am at RedshirtKing. That'll keep you up to date with all of our news, both my Imperial stuff, my writing things, any podcasts, everything we put out. And Walter, where can they find you on, on Twitter? You guys can find me at CDs underscore LOL and at SlingshotEsports.com. Perfect. Come back next week. We'll try to have an interview for you guys early on in the week. But if not, obviously, guess the lines on Wednesday uh, for Europe, Friday for North America. Tune back in. And until next time, goodbye, Internet.